Well, hello and welcome to The Queer Experience, your podcast for all things queer and nerdy. I am your host today, Eric Crumrine. Um, I use he, they pronouns, and I am joined today by two lovely guests. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Uh, we'll start with Lainey Love. Hello, my name is Lainey Love. I am a Twitch streamer and content creator, um, and my pronouns are she, her. And uh, my name is Ian Carlos Crawford. I host the Buffy slash Marvel slash pop culture podcast called Slayerfest 98 and co-host a horror podcast called My Bloody Judy. Um, And my pronouns are he, him. Awesome. Well, first, thank you both for being here this evening. I appreciate you all taking some time to to chat with me on our on our pilot episode of The Queer Experience. Um, And so today kind of. The, the goal for today is to just talk about kind of what what it means to all of us to kind of be in this queer nerdy space in in 2022. Um, and I feel like the best way to do that is to talk about kind of what got us all on our respective paths, <laughs> kind of what what was your entry point into being and I use nerdy very affectionately, but like what was your your entry point into like video games or superheroes or whatever, whatever that might look like. Um, so no, Lainey, do you want to, do you want to kick us off and tell us what got you into things? Sure. Um, I have, I, ironically, I initially as a kid, I never was a big like fandom kid. Um, so I know like a lot of people came up on like Harry Potter and like things like that. I was very much an anime kid. So I (laughs) was very much like Pokemon, Toonami on Cartoon Network. And it's just always been something that I've gravitated towards and, you know, and people don't believe me when I said that I saw the Pokemon like live show. So like on stage, like <laughs> actual like theater. Um, they're like, that didn't exist. It does exist. It's on YouTube. Please look it up. But um, um, I've always been really heavy into um, like manga and anime and things like that. And that's definitely been kind of the cr- like crutch of like my being essentially for the past 30 years. <laughs> and what for you, what was it that that was so interesting specifically about like anime and manga that like got you got you into that it was just different animation um and for me kind of so sailor moon is basically my top tier number one she was just very different from a lot of mainstream characters in anime um and i related to her she was very much like i just want to eat and sleep and i'm like that's a moon there's somebody out there just like me i still feel <laughs> so, like that now <laughs> okay right um still relatable um but uh, definitely like you know seeing kind of myself even you know as being a black woman you know not really have a lot of not coming up with a lot of representation for myself it wasn't until maybe my teenage years like high school you started to see like you know that's so raven and things like that but before you didn't really have a lot of that so i kind of had to go based off like personality traits at that time and i definitely ideal uh, idealize a lot of myself in sailor moon for sure and and ian what about you you know i saw you 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 told us that would be a question and i was like i meant to look up the timeline because i can't remember but I think it's Star Trek Next Generation. I, that would have come before X-Men, the animated series, I'm pretty sure. Because um, yeah. both were like my personalities as a kid. But the Star Trek was more my parents liked Star Trek. So it was like, mm. you know, we all watched it together. Um, and then X-Men, I feel like while I liked Star Trek and I liked Star Wars too as a kid, like they were just things my family watched. X-Men was the first thing that was like mine. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like my family was watching it. It was just like, 
and the way I discovered X-Men, this is always like such a weird, like the, I don't know if either of you ever encountered the X-Men arcade game. Mm. Um, yep. I, you know, I'm from Jersey. We are at the Jersey shore and I would play that game, not knowing I thought it was just a video game. Like I didn't realize it was anything other than a video game. Mm. And for me, it was like, you can play as two ladies. That's so cool. And like, (laughs) I loved that I could have two women to pick from. And I would go back and forth between Dazzler and Storm. Like whenever I played that game, it is the only arcade game I've ever beaten. Like as a kid, I beat it in an arcade. Um, and then the like animated series happened and I was like, oh, that's that video game I like. And then I realized it was like a comic book and that kind of, while, I, like I said, while I liked Star Trek and Star Wars and that was probably my first, X-Men was what like I leaned heavy into. Um, and then the path from like X-Men to Buffy, I feel like just makes sense. Um, <laughs> and then that's my whole, per- and then I, you know, grew up with a pug. There you go. That's my whole personality. <laughs> <laughs> And and for you, so what was it about, I know you said like for, for playing the arcade game, like it was fun because you had like these two powerful female characters you could choose between. Was there something about the X-Men for you that like really, even as a, like as a kid that kind of spoke to you? Um, well, I will say, um, speaking of what Lainey was talking about, as a kid, I was like, oh, Jubilee's totally Puerto Rican like me. Like I can tell because she acts like me. And like, I was clearly way off. She is an Asian woman, well, Asian young girl at the time. Um, but like, I felt like she reminded me of me watching the cartoon. So it was like, oh, cool. There's like this teen that's like kind of sassy, but she's like playing arcade games. And like, and also as a kid, I thought she was also Hispanic. Um, So it was like, oh, she has the dark hair, like everyone in my family, but you know. Um, And so I think like I wanted to be her. Like I thought it was so cool that like, she was like kind of an outcast and then got adopted by this like very cool accepting family. And while baby me definitely wasn't like relating that to a queer experience because I was, you know, nine and didn't know what that is at the time. But like, I definitely think that's why that stuck with me over any other like fandoms. And then Buffy as well with the same thing, like the chosen family aspect. And I think that's why those two things are like the fandoms that I have stuck with the longest because of the like whole chosen family aspect. I think, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely share the, um, the, the X-Men animated series when I was growing up, like that was, I remember like the, you know, Saturday, Sunday morning cartoons, mm-hmm. you know, you catch like an episode here or there. Um, and like, I, I, it was always hard to like get them in their totality. Cause like, if you missed a week, like that was just it, um, yeah. you know, went back before the days of streaming and everything was accessible at your fingertips. If you like <laughs> didn't watch it or forgot to like put the VCR on to record. Mm, it was, um, yeah. <laughs> which that's how I watched like most of the Power Rangers when I was a kid. Like we had to set the VCR for like the episode every day because we didn't get home in time to actually watch it when it aired. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think for me, like the X-Men was a big one. And then I, I just like, I was one of those super Nintendo Mario. Mm. Like that was my, and I, I'll, I'll make a deep cut here. I was the uh, killer instinct on super Nintendo fighting game, which was like the, the very knockoff thing. mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it was what came with the super Nintendo and the amount of like hours and days that I probably poured into that game, learning all the combinations. And again, like some of the strong female, like female characters and other things were like, looking back, you're like, oh, some of this make, like, now that I know who I am as right, an adult, yeah. all this tracks, like, this all, <laughs> this all makes sense. <laughs> um, 
but I definitely think that started my like love of like video games and superheroes and all of those, those things, which like blossomed and, and grew, you know, as I, you know, grew as an, into an adult. And now I'm, you know, well, now former Twitch streamer and avid video gamer and all of those other things. Um, but yeah, I, so, so present day, what are your, what are your things that, that continue to sustain that, that nerdy side of you? Uh, I think honestly, like having my podcast to talk about all the nerdy shit that I like, you know, um, really like I kind of enjoy it. And sometimes I have to tell myself not everything has to be content. Right. But like, and I feel like all of us feel that way. Um, but like, I do like being able to talk about this nerdy shit as an adult still. And like, I don't read comics as much. I'll, I'll pick up trades, um, like randomly, but like, I definitely still identify with like X-Men and Buffy. Those are like my two main things, but I love like Marvel in general. It's I read all the comics. So I still, you know, even if I don't like, uh, there aren't a lot of Marvel movies. I don't like, honestly, even like a, a more boring one. It's like, all right, well, that was least fun. Um, so yeah, I think like, I, I always think of how young me would have loved having all these movies. Like I would have like, mm. I like them now as an adult. Right. But like little kid me would have been eating that shit up. Like I would have thought it was the peak of cinema. <laughs> Right. I remember when I remember when the X-Men movie dropped for the like the very, very first one. And for as much as we can go back and make fun of some of the lines right. and some of the things that are <laughs> in that movie, my God, like my high school self was like I yeah. was in it. Like I was ready. I think I think that's the movie I've like I still think it's the movie I've seen the most in theaters. Like I think I saw it like three times in one week and then like four more times that month. <laughs> I, I totally uh, relate uh, to the idea of like, I wish this was around when I was a kid because now, you know, more like people of color are becoming, you know, leads, especially in superhero movies. I would have probably had a lot more interest in superheroes as a kid if I had somebody that looked like me. Um, like just thinking about in the, like Black Panther with Adora Milaje, like just thinking about like, I didn't have like an iota of that like i had storm but it was like it was was just storm like just chilling (laughs) but like it would have been so cool to have like more of that so but i i love i love it now because now i'm like slowly like dipping my toe in like the superhero thing and i remember i went to go um see see one of the 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 last like avengers movies with my friend who was like a super marvel nerd and i kept like who is that why is this important (laughs) she's like stop talking (laughs) yeah i i i have a couple friends like that i went i think i saw captain america the first captain america with one of my friends when i was living in new york and she was like wait who is this and i was like what do you mean who is this she was like oh i've never seen any of these before i was like oh you haven't she was like no i don't watch these movies (laughs) which and and now like at this point in time, like if you take someone to go watch one of these movies, you have to try and explain the backstory of like mm-hmm. 17 different movies, 14 yeah. different TV series, and maybe random animated things that <laughs> you didn't think mattered, but apparently matter. <laughs> Which is like, I, I do think, I don't know. I, I do think a lot of the stuff you don't always need to know everything. It's just like, you need right. to know things happened. Um, and like, if you know what happened, it's a bonus, but like, eh. I, I will yeah. say I was emotionally attached to Vision and Infinity War, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that part was sad, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't even know him, but like, <laughs> this isn't right. <laughs> 
it's funny. I took my mom to see that movie and my mom doesn't like know Marvel that well, but she like both my parents like are kind of nerdy, but like not, you know, the way I am. Um, and I remember her, she was like, oh, I like that witch. Why did she have to kill her boyfriend? And then my mom wanted to watch <laughs> WandaVision because she wanted, she liked that he came back. And my mom doesn't cry at shit. And she cried at the end of WandaVision when she had to say goodbye to him. And she was like, why are you making me watch this? This is too sad. <laughs> She's like, I thought I was in for a fun superhero movie. And now I suddenly have emotions. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> yeah. And I do think that, like, I think both of you talking about kind of being able to see, you know, characters that, you, that represent you and some of those things. I mean, I've been excited, I think, with the trajectory, some of the the Marvel DC and, and video games kind of broadly being more inclusive. I'm still waiting for my like triple a superhero movie and or video mm. game plat- like thing that has like, I'm going to say actual open uneditable out queer content. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like something that you can't just like take out for the internet for, an, for a certain market, or you can't just gloss over as like a throwaway line in the background. Um, I've been excited for some of that, hopefully to, I think, we're, I mean, we're on the, we're definitely like cusping that, like we're, they're, they're slowly giving us the crumbs to get us yeah. to more. Um, but that's something that I think I've been excited about with just kind of the tra- trajectory of, of things. Um, but Lainey, Lainey, for you mm-hmm. at this point, what are, what are now your kind of nerdy endeavors? I am still very much a manga collecting, anime watching <laughs> grown ass woman. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was just something that's always been inherently part of me. Um, I'm I've definitely branched out in more of the video game fandoms too. Um, so like um, The Last of Us is one of my favorite series um, to ever exist. Mm. So I'm super excited for the uh, TV show that's coming out soon. Um, I my my friends are very much the Star Trek, Star Wars, Love and Peeps. Um, I'm very much like I'm just wave. I'm here to support. Um, but, but they do the exact same thing when it's like anime related things. Like when uh, Chainsaw Man was announced, I freaked out. My friend was like, "It's okay. Like I'm here for you. I have no idea what's going on, but I'm here for you." Um, but uh, I love learning about different kinds of fandoms through my friends so even if it's something that um i didn't necessarily grow up with or have a lot of interest in i can just literally just learn a lot so right now i've, I've been kind of like dipping my toe in like dungeons and dragons because you know not playing it but just kind of like watching my friends play it and kind of be like what does that do what is, why does everybody have these dice <laughs> just kind of like trying to understand like what makes it tick for them and that brings me like so much like happiness just watching other people enjoy things but for me i'm same old same old here still very much a manga and anime nerd over here (laughs) i like that both of us didn't change much once we got older (laughs) yeah (laughs) listen you find the thing that you enjoy and and you let that like you let that be your your thing that like sustains Mm -hmm. you forever (laughs) forever um so laney what are like because i am not as anime is one of my like nerdy blind spots like it's just i've watched some mm-hmm. here and there but like it's just for whatever reason it's always been one that like i just haven't dove like full into so what are what are your like big ones that are that are going on right now for you right now um definitely um chainsaw man is actually the chainsaw is actually the first show that i've read all the manga for prior before the show was even announced so i have like a special attachment to it so that's currently airing um i am a big demon slayer jutsu kaisen 
a fan, but I'm very much like also old school. So like Yu Hakusho, Kogias, um, after Sailor Moon, I mentioned earlier, Dragon Ball Z, things like that are definitely kind of the kind of shaped my soul <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I, I just love the medium as, as a whole. And I love jumping into even I don't care if it's a similar trope. It's still something that I will um, definitely latch on to and just seeing kind of just these new adventures that people can take and um, seeing how it inspires other people to be super creative, whether it's like cosplaying or um, art and things like that. And I just think it's really cool how one medium inspires people to do all these other things too. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I said doing like, like PAX conventions and different things, like going in and seeing all of like the incredible cosplays that people do. Mm-hmm. I would say like probably like 50% of the time I see something and I'm like, I don't know what that is. And then a friend will be like, it's anime. And I'm like, well, it looks incredible. I don't know who, <laughs> what the character is, but like, you look amazing. Um, yes. I've, I have a, a good friend of mine who does, she does cosplay like at all the cons, like she'll travel around and, and do cosplay at things. And just the, like the looks that she has, I'll message her and be like, I don't, I don't know that character, but like, whatever <laughs> that is, is, is amazing. And she'll send me back like links of like, you need to watch this. You need to read that. I'm like yeah, I, the backlog is already so long. <laughs> yeah, I will say with my because I I also I'm I'm like you, um, both of you actually. Where it's like I have a lot of friends that like manga, and I'm you know I'm mm-hmm. here to support, but I don't know or like friends that like you know Dungeons and Dragons or like Game of Thrones, and I'm like here to support, don't know, but here to support. Um, and I will say with most of my friends that like manga or anime, that's usually the reaction when I'm like I don't know what this is, and they send like ten links. Like here you go. Yes. This, <laughs> yes. Join us, <laughs> very much. One of us. <laughs> and you know, it's funny you mentioned uh, Jujutsu Kaisen and Demon Slayer because so I work at uh, Barnes and Noble. Manga has out has been like one of our number one selling sections. Yes, I have, like, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And Jujutsu Kaisen and Demon Slayer are the ones that we will like. Literally, the publisher will run out of, and people like we can't even order them for people. We have to wait for them to print more. Yep. Mm-hmm. As I, I say, as I have the whole box set of Demon Slayer <laughs> behind me. <laughs> they said it like it, which is weird because I mean it was always popular, right? It's not like it wasn't. But mm-hmm. I think like they were saying they thought like during lockdown, a lot of people picked up reading manga. Yes, and also just the um, medium as a whole has branched out so much. So like you know, manga's being translated. Um, you know, because before when you would get manga, it was like you had to wait eons to, to essentially have it translated so you get your hands on it um and i definitely growing up was definitely a dubbed kid and now i've kind of transitioned to the og because i don't like waiting for things to be translated <laughs> um but uh yeah no i've recently started collecting but i've always kind of collected here and there as a kid but but now that i am adult with adult money um <laughs> i've very much been collecting box sets and things like that so it brings me a lot of joy isn't it funny as a kid even as a teen i would be like well eventually I'm going to stop collecting all this stuff. And well, nope. Now as an adult, I'm like, no, I still buy all this shit. Like, it was a trap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I not wish, only like, I wish I didn't. Cause then I would have a lot more money, but well, <laughs> well, and not only, I really, I think for both of you in some ways, like not only have you both, like, do you still keep doing all the things that, that you were doing then and collecting the things, but like now I think both of you have found some space to like turn that into something. Yeah. In different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian with, with the podcast with Slayer Fest and, and even with my bloody, uh, my bloody Judy um, and Lainey with with Sisters of the Fog and and some of the work that you do in there and I I'd be curious kind of that we we've kind of touched on it. like what what has 
been able, being able to create some of those communities and create some of that space kind of felt like, or what has been that experience for, for both of you? I'll, I'll go to, we'll kick over to Lainey first. Um, so with this of the fog in particular, um, so we are a community, um, and podcast and stream team, um, basically all, um, black women or non-binary, um, who play dead by daylight. That's kind of the commonality, but we definitely, oh um, enjoy a lot of horror and we've recently found out we have a lot of, um, uh, K-pop fans. We have a lot of, uh, <laughs> anime folks. So they, you know, it's kind of become just like a fandom free for all, but pretty much to get in the door, those things have to kind of be in place. Um, but I think it didn't hit me until, um, cause I joined kind of, a few months after kind of the foundation, I was kind of like the first real wave of new members into outside of the family members and to become one of the staff members and kind of hear our members kind of say, I needed this space. Um, you know, it, it can be hard. Um, one being a woman but <laughs> of color or somebody who is, who are identifying in spaces where it's not catered to you at all, or you are not welcome. And, you know, to have them say, I literally, would not have met anybody else playing this game if it wasn't for this community. I wouldn't have made so many friends. We have so many people come out of their shell um, and just are really appreciative. So it brings me a lot of joy um, to know that we could provide that space um, for our members. That's that's really nice. I It is like, it's, it is so wild thinking like none of this, like we we were nerds when we were kids, but like none of it was that popular. Like it wasn't like mm, exactly right. And it like I just always think like even you know even Buffy, which was a popular show, I didn't know anyone else who watched it except for my fucking mom, like and like <laughs> my and my cousin. Like those are the only two people I knew that watched it. And then as an adult, it's like oh, I have a podcast where it's like a lot of people watch this show, and like it just is nice being able to talk about like nerdy shit because I you know especially you know, the, these spaces are like generally or in the past definitely were like straight white male run spaces. Right. And it's like, I'm very gay, but like, I couldn't find gay friends that liked nerdy stuff. Mm. And it was like, no, but like, so I like, and I still do have like some very nice, <laughs> they're the good ones. They're the straight guy friends that are like, like nerdy. And they were like the friends, the first friends I met when I was like an older teen that were also nerdy. But, like, it took me a long time to find other queer folks that were, like, big nerds. And then with, you know, the boom of social media, it made it easier to find fellow, like, people you could relate to. Um, so, yeah, I really, and I will say, as a gay man, I definitely realized just being, like, a Latinx podcast, I have, like, a big Latinx following. And I was like, wait, I'm getting too many Hispanic men. Like, let me get, other like, other folks. Um and, like, it's just nice that, like, we, we can have all these, like, queer spaces and, like, nerdy spaces that are, like, diverse and not just, like, I remember going to Comic-Cons, like, early on and I had this, like, X-Men shirt that had Jubilee on it. I would get so many annoying straight dudes who'd be like, you know she sucks, right? Like, she's one of the worst mm. X-Men. And it's like, why are you stopping me to say this? Like, go away. Like, like sir, sir, no, nobody, nobody asked you. Yeah, Please. like... <laughs> One, I think one year when I went to the Philadelphia Comic-Con, the person working the ticket booth, he was like, oh, you're wearing a Jubilee shirt? She sucks. And it's like, what? You're working the booth and you're saying, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I do. Th I think this was a challenge, like, when, especially, like, 
I think when I was younger and love because I like watching X-Men, like my my favorites were like I loved Rogue. Like Rogue was like top tier for me. Storm was right. Like the two of them were like my I mean, part of that's because I started with the animated series. And I think the animated series kind of centers them, especially in the early episodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And so like I like those were my two. Where I was like, oh, like this is I really love these two characters. Then you, you're right. You talk to your friends. You're like, they're like, we're going to like pretend play X-Men and like have her like imaginary stuff out in like the playground. And you're like, I want to be rogue. And like, she's a girl. And you're like, I, I don't know. Like, yes, I want to. Yeah. Uh... I want, like <laughs> I want to fly around and punch things. Like that yeah, seems right? awesome. <laughs> I want to have the white streak of hair and I want to run around and punch things like that. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I still think of that. The first episode night of the Sentinels. I think it's like a very good first, like I think if the MCU use that, like, format for their first x-men movie it would work um right but like that scene in the mall like rogue and storm they really are centered in those like and they're also very dynamic right and like i as a kid oh boy i would play the storm with her arms up transforming <laughs> and rogue flying in her cute pink maxi dress to like punch the sentinel in the face those were like my two favorite like scenes to reenact <laughs> But and yeah, my parents I, I, were surprised I was gay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think there's a lot, like, I think for, for, again, for both of you, I think there's a lot to be said for, like, being able to carve out some of that space, though, because, like, as someone who is avidly a Dead by Daylight, you know, fan and player, and I think that's how I I, I stumbled upon Lainey was, um, we were talking before we started recording about, like, I, I forget if I saw her, your Twitch stream before we were in a tournament together, or if I found it because of the tournament, mm. but like we did a tournament where like with, you know, a whole bunch of folks and it was, it was nice because it, for the most part, like it was, I think a, a generally good group of folks that were all kind of aligned under, under some larger umbrellas. I wouldn't say that everyone was like definitely queer identifying, but like it had that vibe to it as you were playing, mm-hmm. um, which just made, I think for a fun experience. And I found for me, like social media as well, like has, led me to a number of folks where like we have a really good community that I, I run a, a discord that has a ton of people in it where it's like we just want to play dead by daylight or we want to play tabletop games together and like knowing that we have some space to play stuff and to do things and not have to worry about those other outside influences mm-hmm. seeping their way in um is always just kind of refreshing and like and you know, for Dead by Daylight, when you leave the game, there's always like a post-game lobby with a little chat function. And like sometimes in there, if a killer doesn't really appreciate how you play, they might they might express themselves in such mm-hmm. a way. Um and I think even there, like if you get some of the stuff that like is probably being homophobic or probably being racist or probably being whatever, like the game at least censors stuff. Like there's censors in the chat are wild, where like I like there's like names of certain perks that like it censors out for some reason when you when you type them in because it's like high functioning but it's nice that like in those spaces when you're wrapping up a game or when you're doing something that like you have your friends with you to kind of like if someone is being a little off the cuff or being rude or being whatever you can kind of be like all right cool like we can all laugh at that person in a voice chat together Mm -hmm. um and and have that space for us and i I do think that extends when we do tabletop gaming because i I think as somebody who that's in 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 the i guess in 2022 that is one of my current things that is bringing me a lot of joy is playing not only Dungeons and Dragons, but like I've dove into like a whole ton of like indie tabletop games. Um, and I think being able to play those with folks and knowing that you have a, like a, a safe community space to like, you know, 
be an overly queer character in a game and like have fun and push some boundaries and kind of see where you can take a story without having to worry about like a random person you maybe don't know or or people that you're not as comfortable with being able to like have some of those same experiences. Um, I've done the thing where I've gone to like conventions and they have the tables where it's like, come sit down and like demo a game with like rando people that you don't know. Mm. And you sit down and halfway through, you're like, this was a mistake. I should leave. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I can't cause I'm too nice of a, like I'm, 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 I got the Midwestern upbringing where you just have to like be very polite and like, just, mm. you know, say, mm-hmm, yeah, Oh sure. This is fine. It's totally fine. Um, and then walk away and talk all kinds of shit about the people you just played a game with. <laughs> that's how that's how we roll in the Midwest. <laughs> but it but it is nice. Like I've I've played some other like different games and had had different configurations of folks, and I think I always find the most comfort when I'm doing, especially tabletop gaming, when it's I would say like an all queer group or at least mm-hmm. all queer and very very strong notable people who've been like good allies in as like a as a friend. Yeah. Um, so that, I think that's some nice stuff about kind of some of the, the community spaces. I think that I see popping up from different, different folks around social media and around the kind of just in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've met some like really, I mean, like, you know, we tend, I, and I do rag on like straight nerds, but I, I feel like a lot of the straight guys that I've met that are like better allies have been nerdy straight guys. As opposed to like non nerdy yeah. straight guys, I don't know. Um, what have I had like I was like I've got my little list of questions. I'm like looking over to see what I had that we haven't talked about. Um, I guess Lainey, for you, what? So I know we mm-hmm. we've kind of skimmed over Dead by Day a little bit, but but for and you know knowing that you are part of a community that really like that's a big chunk of it. What was mm-hmm. it about that game that really got you hooked in that you were like, yeah, I need to like I want to like double down on this game and like be part of a community that like is part of this game it's it's so much fun um you guys have the capacity to learn something new as you play and not every game is going to be the same even if you have like a string of bad games in a row there's still the potential for like a comeback or um you know a good loop that you've done and i um have followed dvd since its inception um back in 2016 but i didn't have a pc to play it um so i would always watch um different content creators, um, YouTubers um, play. And that's actually how I ended up at Twitch because one of the YouTubers that I really enjoyed ended up moving to Twitch for kind of like live streaming. And that's how I found myself there. And then in 2018, I finally got like my PC, if you will, was a laptop. But you know, hey, we, we, <laughs> we were making progress and it could run DVD really well. And that's when I started streaming. And um I just really enjoyed Dead by Daylight. I love that, you know, you can create everything into a meme. I call uh, Michael Myers the Midwestern quiet man. Um, okay. you, you turn everything into, you know, just just fun. And I think for my community, that's what they enjoy the most, too. I try not to take the game too seriously. Obviously, you're going to have people who are, like, are super sweaty and, you know, they had a, had a bad day and they just want to kill people, you know, without any repercussions and make people suffer. And, and that's fine. Uh, all you can do is just go next. I try not to let that get to me. But um, I don't know what really chose DVD. The community definitely has a lot of work to do um, in terms yeah. of, um, you know, understanding just diversity and inclusion. The fact that removing 
the blackface Bubba mass was even a debate um, was something yeah. that was, you know, disheartening to see um, oh, things. Jesus, how, I didn't know that there was um, something like that in that. Oof. Yeah. What they did was, so um, Bubba, who's from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they have um, original characters. And so when you, killed them a certain amount of times you would get a cutout of their face well that included not only um claudette the black character that also included jake the asian character um so it was like black face and yellow face running rampant on that and it would get to the point where it's bad enough that that was in the game but then people would take blackface bubba intentionally target the black characters in the game and face camp them or try to stream snipe um, yeah, stream snipe the black streamers and things like that. Um, and so when they were removed, it's it just the amount of uh, annoyance that came from people like, well, I, I worked for that. I earned that. Why are you taking that away from me? It's like, why do you want that representation in the game in the first yeah, place? Like... <laughs> so, it's yeah. The, and those always seems like, why is this, the, like, why is this the hill you're willing to die on today? Like, yes. why is, why is being able to wear Claudette's like dead skin on your head your character's head like the thing that mm-hmm. is like gonna tip you over the edge of this game we wow. uh we've been told as sisters that just our existence is racist um whenever um because uh for the past two years we've done a black history month tournament surrounding like dead by daylight and we just kind of keep it in-house with our own members but if dbd retweeted us if dbd retweets um any of our members who cosplay um i remember um Milady confetti who's the founder of sisters of the fog uh did a michaela cosplay um and she's one of the um one of the witchy characters in dead by daylight and just the comments were yeah. vulgar um my um uh our other uh staff member that hardiva Drusen did an ada wong cosplay and again the replies after the retweets were very vulgar um ada doesn't look like that ada looks like this like very much it's just like it's just cosplay you know and right. i've even gotten into my own cosplay and um i've cosplayed some very big characters in anime and um luckily i haven't received any hate for it but um it's out there it, it's definitely out there it's really sad to see um but unfortunately it's just kind of like can we just vibe can everybody just get along <laughs> right like <laughs> and i yeah. and i will say i got like i've had kind of two great things one is that when laney when you're talking about like your stream being fun and kind of trying to bring some of that joy mm-hmm. to the game i will say i think one of my recent clips of you that i think i watched like four different times and i was crying with laughter was somebody was playing the nurse and you were like we're gonna we're gonna teach you how to be a good nurse <laughs> yeah. and you were like looping them and and they're like, no, you're going to come over here. You're going to do this right. <laughs> and like you got you like telling your friends, like, leave you like, you're like, nope, just leave me. They're going to hit mm-hmm. me. They're going to put me on the hook. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think that's the energy. Um, I think I've, and I've, I've actually watched um, Lady Confetti as well. And I've like I think one of my responses to like stuff that she's posted has been like, I just always appreciate that there's a level of joy that Mm -hmm. you all as content creators from that group seem to bring to the game that has reminded me that like it's a game at the end of the day it's Mm -hmm. a game we're all gonna be fine Mm -hmm. Um, and i uh, i think uh, another thing too you mentioned joy uh and it's just just a tidbit i think that a lot of people need to take away it yes be there in times where you know you need to speak up and everything but don't just push forward people of color or queer creators when something bad is happening Please yep. promote that content for all the positivity that comes with that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, mean, I know that's been, I think I've seen that a lot where like folks go through some things and it's like, suddenly there's an outpouring of support and then they're like, wait, but where were you like last week when <laughs> like 
it'd be really helpful if I could like, like, let's keep that community going, not just because like something has happened that's been bad. Right. Like, let's 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 like build on that and keep that going well. Um, and Ian, I know, kind of just watching Slayer Fest and some of the social media things, I know, like, I feel like that's also come up for you lately too. Um, kind oh, of me that, losing my mind. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know specifically like around like around She Hulk content. I know that's been like a big one. Ugh. Um, these fucking nerdos need to like, I, I just like. If you don't like it, that's fine, but just shut up. Like, She-Hulk honestly was the first show where anything I tweeted, I had to limit replies. Because wow. it, was, it was immediate. And I'm sure some of them were bots, but it's like these people set up these bots just to fucking do this. And like, what's weird is the replies would be wrong. Like, it'd be like, this is the worst Marvel movie, bro. And it's like, but it's not even a movie. What are you talking about? Like, you're not even trolling correctly. Um, And yeah, I had to limit all the replies there was, and at the same time, so I think I said this in our the Slayerfest ninety eight Discord server, Eric. The same time that that was happening, there was like there was a post. I don't know if you do anything, Sarah Michelle. If it's like the most basic Sarah Michelle Geller post can go viral, and it literally was just like she gave us so much pictures of her in horror movies. Right, it was getting upwards of like five hundred thousand likes. Oh boy, the comments became horrendous on my Instagram that I had to limit comments at the same time that like the She-Hulk hate is going on. I'm getting a lot of racist and homophobic comments because they're like, what's like, and I feel like this is every interaction with like, if you try to actually talk to one of these trolls, it was like Mm. something like that's a mouthful. What even is Latinx and queer? That's a lot of different labels. And I said something like, Oh, so you're just being an asshole. And they were like, Oh, now you're going to be toxic because I don't understand your labels. And it's like, Oh my God, please give me a break. Like, and so I had to, I ended up limiting comments on Slayerfest 98's Instagram because it was just like both things at once. And it was like, I was ready to have a meltdown because that shit just sucks, right? Like, yeah. and I don't understand what they're getting out of it. Like, I really don't. I know that that's like a thing that people do, but like, I just, it's a lot of effort on their part too, right? Like, yeah, like, I mean, please say it's like, you know, some of them are probably probably bought things set up, but also like there's just people that like will click a hashtag and will just start going through and like replying to things or doing things, which yeah. is just like disheartening. And I know I know like even putting this podcast together in the back of my brain somewhere, I'm like, it's going to take one one good one post that does like any numbers and like. I have to like mentally prepare myself for mm-hmm. all like the onslaught of whatever might find me, um, which is such a different experience being in kind of nerd circles and like knowing like other friends that have podcasts where it's like, that's not like straight friends that like, it's not on their radar that like, yeah. Yeah. I think that they try to be good folks and like do things well and have good podcasts on mm-hmm. that. But like that level of vitriol is something that some of them will never know. Yeah. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is really unfortunate. Cause like I, I, you know, and I think trying to remember like taking that all of it and I know it's hard, but like taking it with that grain of salt of like, it's, it's anonymous Twitter accounts and they, this is just like their way of trying to get under people's skin. And like, let me just like, let me just rapid fire that block button. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, it's, you know, in 2022, I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. I don't have the energy. Yeah. And I just don't like, I don't have the capacity to like deal with all of your nonsense. I will just straight up block you without a moment's hesitation. Um, and, um, I will say too, it's very interesting. Um, being a black female streamer and having a lot of, um, followers who are not black and when they see somebody do something to me that's very nasty it's like defense mode immediately like they rally and i'm like i'm good 
<laughs> and she's like, but they shouldn't say that to you. And I'm like, I mean, it's going to happen. And it's kind of like a, a, like a, almost like a reality check for them. It's kind of like a, wait, why are you used to that? And it's like, hmm. So it's like, you know, just, I just had my, my discord attacked like a week ago, just, just existing just existing and just having having to be associated with um another team that's made all of black women and they're just going around attacking our individual discords and just oh raiding god. and just like pinging everybody and saying awful things and everyone's like oh my god like i can't believe this happened and i'm just like i mean we're gonna do what they're gonna do and, and it's just kind of like that numbness you almost have to it even if you prepare yourself for it, it's like yeah people are gonna be awful but what can you do when you just kind of move on people are like you're used to that yeah <laughs> and, and sometimes right it's like I appreciate the the like the people wanting to defend, but it's like I just then it's a million more comments. Like I just exactly. I don't yep. want ten thousand more of these. So like, just ignore. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's and it, I think lady, we talking about like kind of the you know some of the Discord spaces, some of those things. Like it also mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things that's also interesting to me. Like when I bounce in between different different types of spaces on Discord. Um, and, I, and knowing that when I'm entering a space that is somebody who holds some sort of a marginalized identity, because usually there's at least three or four different safeguards put in place mm-hmm. to, like to access the space. <laughs> Meanwhile, like I have other friends that it's just like a free for all. And I'm like, I don't understand how you could even feel good. About, like that makes me anxious whenever I like, go into a discord and it's like unlocked and the streamers in an unlocked voice channel. And I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but it's, but I, I, I think I do. I always appreciate when people do want to rally and do want to have that moment. And like, sometimes you're like, just go like, sure. You, like, I don't have the energy today. If y'all just untag me from the replies as best you okay. can, like <laughs> do whatever you need to do. Just leave me out of it. Um, but I do appreciate that there that community does like, you can tell you built a good community when the community is the one like jumping in to be like, listen, mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I, I do hear what you're saying, Lenny, about um, when you said that I, and this is so cheesy, but I, I thought of Heartstopper. <laughs> when <laughs> there was like the moment with like the two the two boys were the one was getting bullied and then the other one came over and was like you shouldn't oh, have right, to deal yeah. with that and he was mm-hmm. like it's fine it just is what it is he's like no but like he like it was tough for him navigating that space and but like you shouldn't have to and the person be like mm-hmm. i know that but well, like this yep. is just the space mm-hmm. that i occupy because mm-hmm. it, right, it takes it, it so was... much more energy to think about it and you know because right. if you think about the injustice or you think about kind of the the bad things it overwhelms you it's just it's so much um so you know some it's like you know in everything when all the bad things with social media happen it's like just don't look at it just just so it, it's there and we will we will we will deal with it when we deal with it but like for your own mental health you just can't process because if that was the case just just unfortunately us the three of us waking up is just a <laughs> an issue for some people um right. just us as existing and walking to our coffee shop or whatever in the morning is a threat for somebody in the way they view the world and it's like we can't right. spend so much of our time worrying about what they think about us we have to just keep doing what we're doing and so but right but sometimes because that you are all being way more rational like I tell myself that, but I don't always abide by that. Like I'll be oh, like, absolutely. You know what? This asshole, they need to be told that they're an asshole. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. There's, there's absolutely those days that you're like, nope, today's the day. Let right. Me sit here on my, at my computer for the next 15 minutes. I'm going to go back and forth. We're going to, I'm going to let you know exactly how wrong you are. And I'm going to make sure that everyone else sees that you're wrong. <laughs> and that's and when usually- it becomes content. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> 
And sometimes you are like, man, I really shouldn't have. But sometimes it just feels good to say like, right? Like last night, actually, just a friend on Twitter was talking about, um, I don't know if this is going to be too specific, but a friend was talking about, did you either, either of you watch Midnight Mass? Mike Flanagan? I've heard about it. I've heard about yeah, it. Yeah, I watched so, it. He tweeted, it was like, but I'm getting bored with some of these monologues. And I was like, oh, by episode three, I was skipping the monologues because they were way too long. And also Mm -hmm. I felt like way too pretentious. Someone replied, it was like, oh, do you read books and skip all the dialogue just to get to the action scenes? And I was like, one, I don't care how someone reads a book. If that's how they want to read a book, whatever. (laughs) Like, and I forget what the other thing I said. I was like, thanks for explaining to me how to read a book though. Like what? And there's no action sequences in Midnight Mass, right, Eric? There just aren't. <laughs> there just aren't. It's just a lot of it's a lot of church, a lot of talking, and then a lot of like the last episode is just pure chaos and heartbreak. Right. So like if I'm fast forwarding through this monologue, it's not like I'm like getting to action scenes. Like it's not a Marvel movie. There isn't even if you were, the next monologue. And yeah. even if you were, that's your prerogative. Even right. That's what you want to do. <laughs> if they wanted it to be interesting, they should have made it interesting. Right. And like, how does that hurt that guy? If Okay, so if that's what I was doing, okay, whatever. Because she didn't do it the way he wanted to. Right. (laughs) I was like so annoyed, but also I was like stoned and it was like 1130 and I was like, oh, I'm going to tell this person. And then I was like, why did I do that? Why did I reply? (laughs) So so I think kind of noting to make sure we're, because I feel like the three of us could probably talk for at least another hour or two, but, you know, podcast episode length should probably start kind of winding us down a little bit. So for you, thinking about kind of the stuff that we talked about, the different areas in terms of content that we all kind of exist in and, and the nerdum, nerdums that we occupy, what what are things that you are hoping to see kind of on the horizon? Um, like what are the things you'd love to see, be it in video games or the Marvel world or what what is it you'd love to kind of have down the line? I think I'm already seeing it. Um, uh in terms of representation, the things that um, I would have loved to see when I was a kid. I I think The Little Mermaid is a fantastic example of this. I related to Ariel the most when I was young. When Princess Tiana came along, I was in high school. I was about to, like, I was about to graduate high school. Like, it was too late for me. Um, And even then, she was a frog for 80% of the, 90% of the movies. Like, was there really any representation? All she did was struggle and then you turned to a frog. So to see kind of the pinnacle of like, you know, Disney princess turn into this, you know, young black woman with locks and just seeing the internet lose its mind and just kind of be like you you, you're taking away ginger representation she still has red hair though no it's not the same it's the same it's like well that's not really the issue then is it right Um, (laughs) like they really thought that they were just gonna like walk in disneyland disney world like hey you you white woman with red hair come here you're done you're done (laughs) it's over you're out of here. It's like, no, that's not the case. And then um, to see the videos of the young girls reacting to the trailers and, um, you know, I, I was sobbing tears because then I, you never know what you don't have until you see somebody else have it. And mm-hmm. I, and it wasn't, it didn't dawn on me until I saw that trailer. My mother didn't have anything. And this is, was, was around when she was a kid, never had any kind of representation. I, I get, just got women of color up until a certain point, like Mulan and Pocahontas. But, you know, by the time we got around to, you know, a black Disney princess, 
I, it was too late for me. I was not that market anymore. And I, um, I love that the new, uh, Iron Heart has been teased and Wakanda Forever. Yep. Um, that the the Iron Man, the Robert <laughs> Jr., the the face of almost the like arguably next to Captain America, the face, the she's yeah. just gonna be a black girl. And I, you know, and they're like, well, you can't do that. They wrote that though. It, 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 it's 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 canon. Like you can't you can't be mad about that, can you? And just kind of seeing that, so I, I love the direction it's taking. Um, just seeing more representation, you know, Black Adam in the DC universe, and you know, it's not until now that Black Panther came out that I'm like, I'm actually interested in these things now because it just it didn't seem like it was for me. It just right. didn't seem like it it was catered to me. So it was very much like, I mean, okay, but then just to see Wakanda and just kind of experience that film, like it was kind of like what. What's wrong with having more movies like, like you know, that, like like Shang Chi and the Ten Rings? I, I loved it. I'm like, we need more of this. We more yeah, young kids deserve to see themselves in the films and deserve to see them represented in fantasy. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah and, and I will like, say, oh, go ahead. Eric. I was say, I, I think my fun thing, Lainey, with with you talking about like Ironheart and Riri Williams is like people getting like rip shit about it and you're like but that's literally in the comic like <laughs> yeah. for as much as everyone yells about like that's not in the comics like that's literally a character from marvel mm-hmm. comics like she's she exists miles morales like right i was i was literally just about to say like i love seeing those type of like nerds and fanboys and it's like but you didn't even read the comics what are you mad about because this is literally from the fucking mm-hmm. comics like yep. all the like incels that were like mad at she hulk just for like and it's with She-Hulk, I think the reason that Discourse broke me so much, because, you know, there's the people that are going to hate on Marvel who aren't incels, but just, like, hate on anything superhero, mm-hmm. right? And then there are the incels. And it was like, I was getting both ends of that, and it's like, oh, can we just, can everyone relax? Um, and, like, so many people would comment on, like, my podcast Instagram or Twitter being like, oh, like, they're making her, like, Deadpool. And it's like, no, she always broke the fourth wall. That was her comic book she mm-hmm. was first like what are you even mad at because you didn't even read the fucking comics um and yeah it's you know it's funny i so you know my mother is puerto rican and she is the one that got me into buffy and she would always say that she related to buffy um and i've had a few other uh hispanic women on my podcast and i always like bring that up and they're like yeah i think there's like something relatable about that that like every Hispanic Heritage Month and Black History Month, I always get some retweets from Slayer Fest uh, from Hispanic folks and Black folks being like, happy Black History Month to Buffy Summers or happy Hispanic Heritage Month to Buffy Summers. Um, and like people who like, because we didn't have anything back then, it was like projecting ourselves onto this character. Um, and I always think that's like kind of funny that like, oh, like I thought me and my mom were like different being like Puerto Rican and loving Buffy, but like we're not. <laughs> like, nope, turns, turns out every, everyone was on board with that, pl- that plan yeah. already. <laughs> so Ian, for you, what are, what are things you're looking for, like you'd love to see or things you're looking forward to down the line? Um, I think like, I mean, I, 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 I agree with everything you're both saying. I'm like, I know, I mean, saying like, oh, more diversity sounds fucking corny, but like I do want... I'm really looking forward to them eventually making Wanda's kids at least teenagers or like, you know, more fully formed characters um, because Wiccan. And like, I know 
I get sometimes I get to be that nerd about like Young Avengers because I love Young Avengers from its first run, and I'm like suddenly everyone knows Wiccan. How does suddenly everyone know who Wiccan is? <laughs> um, but like I know that it's just because everyone knows what Marvel is now, and like all those characters are common knowledge. But I'm like really because I like loved Wiccan when I remember the coming out issue where he like they make a joke because he used to be Ass Guardian, and someone's like, "Oh, Ass Guardian." Um, and being like, wait, is he gay? Oh, cool, he's gay. And like, you know, by then I was already a lot older. I wasn't a teenager. But like, that's a character I'm like very much looking forward to. Um, yeah, and like, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I know that you know this, Eric. I haven't, I was a big Star Trek kid. I haven't gotten into the new Star Trek. But like, uh, I think it was Gabe Gonzalez tweeted when they announced Star Trek Discovery. It was like, Someone tell Tracy Jordan there are Puerto Ricans on Star Trek now because like that's a Thirty Rock joke. Tracy Jordan's just in the elevator and he's like, "How come there's no Puerto Ricans on Star Trek?" Um, <laughs> and like shit like that makes me happy. So I do want to. I've been meaning to get into all the new Star Trek stuff, um, and I like that. You know, I mean, this isn't a compliment to him, but like my conservative dad can watch that show, and like there's a gay. You know what I mean? It's like diverse. There's a gay couple. The the women are the ones in charge, and like you know nerdos like my dad are watching shows like that you know what i mean and mm -hmm. like i like that you know it's like okay he does he he's have to look at it i mean he to his credit he was never like homophobic or whatever but he's still like fucking conservative so like you know i like that people kind of it's like uh there's a david lynch quote where it's like i think it's like change your heart or die and like mm -hmm. right it's like either adapt or fucking don't but then yeah. you're left behind um yeah. and i like that our genre stuff is starting to adapt and like be like, yeah, we can have, you know, women as the captains, which like shouldn't be a fucking crazy notion or like mm -hmm. we can have a gay couple on the enterprise. Like that's cool. I like that. That makes me like really happy because as we have said earlier in the recording, it's like that would have blown my mind as a kid, you know? Right. And, and I think discovery, I think in season two or maybe season three, my Star Trek friends are going to come for me when I, get this wrong but i know in one of the later seasons like they introduce a non-binary character as well oh really cool um, which is like a huge thing and like i think to have like for a show to have that kind of representation yeah. just goes mm -hmm. like the extra mile for folks of like not only are we including queer folks but we're including some gender diversity and and other folks to bring them to the table as well which is like that's always exciting when you when you hear that and and discovery i watched season one and i did enjoy it but then there, like, it hit a point where I was like, I have too many streaming services and I have to like trim back yeah. a little bit. Um, and then I just never got back. I have access to it now. I just haven't. There's too many things that I'm like trying to get through. Um, right. There's, just, there's so many shows now. <laughs> and when like Marvel, Star Wars, et cetera, are all turning out shows like one a week and you're just like, I can't keep up. Like, like the new episode of Dragula dropped today and I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. And like, there's just too much content that like, which is not a complaint. I'm not like. Right, First, yeah. people are like, there's too much of X, Y, or Z. Like, you know what? We're living in a golden era where, like, we we can have this much content. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think, I think for me, one of my big hopes is, and I, um, I did a panel conversation with some friends a bit ago, and I think we're gonna we're gonna re-record the panel for for this for a later episode. But one of the things I I harped on in that was for video games. Like, I want a triple A video game with like queer central characters that you can't opt out of. <laughs> like, that mm -hmm. is the character they're going to have a romance plot that you that is part of the story mm -hmm. 
and and I like and Lainey and I having the the Dead by Daylight kind of connection. Like I I love them for making one of the survivors queer and like giving mm-hmm. that designation. I also wish that like well one in a game like Dead by Daylight it it matters, but then it's also like but there's no storyline here. It's literally mm-hmm. just like a four v one survive the match. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to see like bigger titles that are putting that in the forefront. That's inescapable for everyone else playing i do i do give credit to naughty dog um for last of us part two um yeah and how they handled you know now now how they handled ellie in terms of morals and all that that's a different conversation but in terms of (laughs) um they stayed true to the fact you know they alluded in the prequel that you know ellie was you know down you know (laughs) and they stuck to it you couldn't opt out of the relationship she had with dina like that was something that was part of that narrative and i and i really appreciated seeing that on top of all of you know their lovely accessibility options they had for that game but you know we need like you said more of that we need we need more of that and for that to be a thing so that it is normal i know that if it wasn't for all of the content that we consume where you know there is more inclusion diversity more acceptance i wouldn't have come out two years ago so it's like you know, I would have been like, no, me in this closet. We live here. <laughs> so we feel I'm, nothing. I'm cozy. We're good. <laughs> right. And then COVID said, live with it. And I was like, ah, I can't, I can't distract myself anymore. <laughs> like, like, So here we are. But I, I definitely would not have felt comfortable doing that if there was not so much media in support of that and um, showing, you know, trying to normalize. It. And I love that these, you know, Steven Universe, these young kids are seeing normalized queer relationships and i think that that is a a lovely thing and i really would love to see 10 15 years from now how that kind of shapes you know the the mid-20s the ones coming up you know in college age how that kind of shapes them as well yeah yeah it's the every time like something new comes out and like you figure out that like oh this is like this is like this is queer content like this is we've got more stuff and you're like this is you know i think going back to what people were saying earlier like this is stuff that I we didn't have when we were young to like see. And I, I know and we won't get into it because there's a whole, you have a whole separate conversation. Remember when people, when Heartstopper came out and like older generations were struggling to watch it because it was, they didn't realize that I think it was Lainey. You said like, they didn't realize the thing they didn't have yeah. when mm-hmm. they needed it. And like the challenge of watching something that was just such a pure and joyful experience that was like not an experience that anyone else was going to like that they didn't get to have. Um, And I think that's, that's challenging, but I'm also excited that like young folks are getting those experiences that like I didn't get to have like growing up and coming out in rural Midwest Ohio in town population of 1000. And you're like, this is not a safe space in any capacity. (laughs) Uh, But like, I'm going to do it because that's who I was as a person. I wasn't able to just not be, I, I wasn't able to navigate that closet and I it, mm-hmm. it's like, but doing that and not having anything that showed that kind of representation, I think made it more challenging and more challenging for people to be accepting. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they didn't have any reference points of like what it meant to even know a gay person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, well, nice. so I, I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up there. It feels like that, you know, kind of ending next steps where we see things going down the line. Um, but any, any final thoughts from either of you? In terms of like anything that we covered, anything else you want to just make sure you mention? Um, this is just really refreshing. I feel like, you know, the start of your podcast is definitely something that 
needs to again be normalized and also put into media as well um because it's easy for people to be guests on a podcast where you talk about things like this but to actually you know have something dedicated to the entire conversation of that and kind of just you know be be amongst the same if you will um and not feel like you have to like explain yourself and um it's really refreshing i really enjoyed it today yeah same same um, and then let's like, I, I want you all, I know we've, we've referenced loosely where folks can find you or the things that you do. Um, but Lainey, would you like to tell us like, how can folks find you? What are, what mm-hmm. are things that they should be checking out if they want to see your content? Um, you can find me primarily on Twitch. Um, uh, it's Lainey Love, L-A-N-I-E-L-O-V-E-E-E. It's three E's. Thank you. I was 16. It was my space. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on all of those that you type that in, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, all that noise. Um, I'm there primarily do Debbie Daylight content, but you know, I've been trying to add more uh, story time games are actually in the middle of Last of Us Part 2, ironically having this conversation. Um, and you can find me on YouTube as well. And Ian, where can where can folks find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at Ian X Carlos. You can find my podcast, Slayer Fest 98, which is a primarily Marvy and Buffalo Marvel and Buffy podcast at Slayerfest X98 on all social media platforms. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And you can find my horror podcast that I co-host at My Bloody Judy on all social media platforms. Awesome. Um, and our podcast here, you can find us on, uh, if you've stumbled upon us through any other means other than social media, you can find us at The Queer XP on both uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, and this is available on all podcasting services. So we have our next episode will be an actual play of the t- tabletop RPG called Slasher Flick, um, which is a ni- 80s and 90s, very tropey slasher inspired tabletop RPG. Um, the theme of the game is Final Girls. So there's a lot of fun that our players had. It's already been recorded, so we just are waiting to clean it up. But um, it'll probably be a two part episode uh, coming out later this month. Um, but thank you again, everybody, for joining. Um, and thank you to all of you who are listening. Again, my name is Eric. This is The Queer Experience. And thank you so much for joining us today. Bye. Bye.